Welcome to Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. In this podcast series, we chat with emerging talent and industry professionals about big topics in the UK music scene right now. So is there a formula for the perfect pop song? Or are the best songs always a product of genuine emotions? In this episode, I'll be chatting with the super talented singer-songwriter Oscar Lang and also the experienced writer and producer James Earp to find out the secrets of songwriting. Of course, we will also have some live music to finish off the episode. My name is Abby McCarthy and this is episode 7, The Perfect Song. Hello, I am your host, Abby McCarthy. For my work as a TV and radio presenter, I am always on the lookout for exciting new music to play on my radio show, for acts to interview on my TV show, or for new acts to play at my monthly gig night, Good Karma Club. For me, one of the best feelings in the world is when you hear a really special song for the first time, one that you know you are just going to play over and over again, and one that you just can't wait to tell your friends about. One of the best records I've heard recently is the EP Overthunk by Oscar Lang. It's influenced by his previous kind of indie pop sound, but it also mixes in some 60s folk and some awesome psychedelic rock vibes as well. I think lyrically it's his best work and all five tracks have got a real sense of fun about them. Today I'm going to be chatting to the man behind this music, Oscar Lang, who at the age of only 20 has definitely been making a name for himself in the UK music scene. Hey Oscar, how's it going? I'm good, thank you very much. Whereabouts are you right now? Uh, I'm in in Roehampton at my girlfriend's flat. Okay, lovely. So you're getting to hang out together, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We've spent a lot of time together. (laughs) And you're still on good terms so far? Yeah, yeah, very good terms. (laughs) It's actually been, it's it's been great, I love it. So what have you been doing? What have you been doing with this time? Have you been keeping busy writing music or have you just been hanging out and watching loads of stuff? It's a weird one spending this long inside and trying to write music. It's kind of like, it's like if someone told you to write an essay about anything, for the first 15 days you could write an essay every day, but then after two months... (laughs) You'd be wondering what to write essays about. So it's kind of like that with songwriting. But yeah, I sort of just take breaks here and there and uh, just sort of chill. So for people, Oscar, that don't know much about you yet, you've been releasing music since 2017, I believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, it's crazy now that it's been three years. Yeah, that is mad. And you released your latest EP, Overthunk, in March this year. So tell me about your musical beginnings as Oscar Lang. When did you decide that, you know, music's what you wanted to do? I think music has it's always been like a huge part of my life. Um my mum my was always really big into music. Uh, she, like, we used to spend my childhood like walking around the kitchen while she was cooking, singing. And, and I think she sort of taught me to like sing little jingles. I, as a kid, my grandparents always tell me oh. I used to sing little jingles about everything. Like, I'd just be walking around, I'm eating my pasta, eating my pasta. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then uh, so after she passed in, in 2007, my dad made me a mixtape of all her tunes. And since then, I've just like, I've been really into music and yeah, I've kind of always wanted to do it my, my whole life, but mm. 
I also, at about the age of 13, kind of wanted to be like a streamer slash gamer YouTube person. So that was a temporary dream for a little bit. But music was always in the back. And then probably in 2016 was when I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on like doing a project. And then I started Pig, which has now turned into Oscar Lang. Um, But yeah, I've been doing music properly since then and been like, right, I'm going to release music on SoundCloud. And then it went to Spotify and then, yeah, it's just been crazy. So, obviously, you love your you love your band. And who else have you enjoyed working with so far? Because I got really into you when you put out your tune with Alfie Templeman. That is such a banger. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Alfie's my boy. Um, like, it's weird to say now, because me and B, uh, who's B for Doobie, we started everything together. Like, we started... Uh, I, record, I used to record all of her tunes in my room all of her old stuff like the big tune coffee was recorded in my room um so i've been there with b and watched her grow crazy like crazy amount yeah and I'm, we're trying for the same label now uh and then yeah i worked with alfie alfie followed me on instagram and someone told me about him i was like oh let me check this this 20 year old kid out and then someone told me <laughs> no nah, no nah, he's not 20 he's 15 and i was like crazy <laughs> how is he doing this um Made me very jealous, especially if I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a 17-year-old who's released a full album. And it's like, oh, there's this 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid. He's writing these bangers. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> quite aggressive. That's um, wicked. So you've got like a bit yeah. of a community now of, of just, yeah, artists that, that you love and, and work with. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little friendship group, really. It's not, yeah. I wouldn't even say it's like a, a community. It's just my mate. Just your pals. So let's dive in now to the topic of today's podcast, which is the perfect song. So, Oscar, the reason we've invited you on is because I'm a big fan and I think you are an amazing songwriter. Um, Thank you very much. And obviously you're only, what, 18 now? I'm 20. I'm you're 20. 20. Oh, my yeah, God, you're a whole grown man now. Yeah, I, I was talking about this with my girlfriend earlier. 20 just sounds so old. <laughs> like... If you, like, before we had neighbours that were complaining, uh, I, I was singing on the balcony, you know, complained. And and I think we emailed them back, like, oh, we're just two little 19-year-olds, like, living in this apartment on our own. Like, please, like, be be, be easy, take it easy on us. But now it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some 20-year-olds living next door. It doesn't seem the same. Yeah. Okay, so you're 20 now, but what age yeah. did you start writing music? And do you remember, like, what your first song was about? Was it good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is, I can't really say like one point where it was like I started writing music because I guess I sort of started writing music when I I, I learned piano and I, I learned piano for about half a year. But any time I've learned an instrument, I sort of take a few lessons, get the basics, and then teach myself from there. So mm-hmm. I sort of teach myself by writing little things. And I remember writing a, a little tune with my grandpa on the. On like, you know, on a piano, when you can press the little setting and it makes a song or whatever out of what key you're playing. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. So we do, used to do that and write little things there. But I officially started songwriting at about the age of 11 when I did a, a songwriting class and I wrote a song called Is This Reality about having a nightmare. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you still stuff. got it? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's weak, though. I'm never going to release it. Okay. Okay. It's not going to get leaked on the internet anytime soon. No, no. <laughs> so how do you start writing a song? For you, is it, you know, always the lyrics first or do you approach the melody or does it kind of change depending on your on your mood? Uh, I'd say it's, it probably, it, it always starts with some sort of like melody or guitar chords. It's, it's really rare that I 
I have lyrics and then like sit down and try and write a song for them. Okay. Just because I kind of find like there's this pressure to like create a certain type of song when I write the lyrics. Whereas after that, like I normally I'll sit down on guitar and have a noodle with some chords and I'll be like, oh, those two chords sound good together. And then like, oh, where's I going to go from there? And hum a little melody and then lyrics come after that so you can get like a sense, like a vibe for the track. So you know what sort of tone it's going to be. So what instrument do you prefer writing on? Will you always like pick up the guitar or you were saying you learnt piano? Like what, what would you be drawn to naturally? I think uh, would naturally I'd be drawn to piano because it's my okay. favourite. It's my favourite instrument. I think just because I played it from such a young age and I just, I can like, I can flow about a piano way easier than it is to on a guitar. I get frustrated that I don't know enough chords on guitar. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of force myself to, to pick up the guitar because it's like, I don't want to write too many piano songs, and typically when I start on the piano, it'll end up being something quite synthy. And yeah, I, I want to be writing more guitar-based stuff, so I, I, I typically pick up the guitar nowadays. Mm-hmm. I still spend time jamming on the piano. I, my girlfriend gets annoyed because every time in the evening she wants to sit down and watch a movie, uh, I'm always like, oh, let me just have a quick, quick little <laughs> play about on the, on the keys for 20 minutes, and then 45 minutes later, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> So do you always like write on your own or do you like kind of engaging with other songwriters and other creatives? Uh, well, yeah, I started writing on my own, but like in the last year I've been writing with other people and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's just nice. It's nice to have someone there to motivate you. Yeah, a lot of the I time with, with a song, like I feel like I, I write the verse or, or like a, and a, a little pre-chorus and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to follow this up with. And I get stuck and I'm like, oh, let me put the guitar down for now like, um, and I'll come back to it. And then I don't have the same sort of creative flow. So when you have someone there to like bounce ideas against like, and you, you get stuck after a pre-chorus and you're like, oh, I don't know what to go after this. And then they go, okay, let me try one of my things. And I go, oh, yeah, cool. Because I was, at that point, I'm out of creativity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. someone else to come in. But yeah, it's really nice to, to bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So do you still, like, make all your music in your bedroom? Is that still happening? It does still happen. Like, I make all the demos in my bedroom. Okay. The last The last two EPs um, we recorded, it was like, yeah go to a proper studio. Um, I think it's just because I signed to a label and I was like, I want to go to studios now yeah. and I want to expand my sound path. Because I feel like a lot of the time when I'm in my when I'm in my bedroom, the stuff I know how to make in my bedroom is like very synthy, sort of like indie, indie pop vibe. And like yeah. when I step into the studio, then it's like, well, I can create anything in here. Um, so yeah, I like being in the studio, but there's also a certain... There's something about being at home where it's, there's some sort of vulnerability in the way you write, and it's, I feel less guarded, and I'm worried of like I'm not worried if there's an engineer hearing me write lyrics and be like, oh yeah, that's a shit lyric, like oh, part of my French. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I still like I write all my songs in my bedroom now. I, it's it'd be weird if I didn't. I like writing in my room. I was going to ask that actually. Like, do you feel like you need to be in in a certain physical place or like a certain emotional place to write about stuff? Because obviously, there's that kind of stereotype, isn't there, that the best songs come from you know either heartbreak or you know being deeply in love. Like, do you feel like you need to access certain emotions and be in a certain place to get the best out of yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it's 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 a bit of a weird one because I can. If I'm not if I'm not going through anything, I can sit down and write a song. And what I'll try and do is like write a song from someone else's perspective, or like tell 
a story and then I get involved in that and I can sort of get into the headspace of that. Um, but I feel like, yeah, some of the best songs definitely come from like times where I've just not, like, not felt so good and it's two in the morning and I start <laughs> playing guitar and I'm like, oh, what's this? Yeah. I, I, like, for me personally, my most creative hours are from one till four in the morning. I don't know why, but for some reason, those hours just pop. Like, the creativity, creativity is banging. I swear that's all musicians. Like, you're just like such night hours. I think that must just be the most creative time for whatever reason. I don't know why. I think maybe you get to the end of the day and your mind's just like running off all the things you saw in the day. And I think that kind of fuels creativity. I find it hard to to get up and like start writing. Yeah. Nothing's happened yet, really. Yeah, no, that's true. So what do you consider then to be like your greatest work? Like what song would you say that you're super proud of, of your own? Oh, I don't know, because... Like, I'll be so super proud of this. I'm just super proud of the stuff that I'm doing at at the time. Like, yeah, a lot of the time when I look back on things, I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. Like, a lot of the old stuff, I'm like, oh, if we had a studio, this could have sounded better. I, as a as a producer, I could have I could have done this or that. So I feel like whatever I'm working on at the minute is my favorite thing. So like the stuff that's coming out reasonably soon, um, that's that, that's the stuff I'm most proud of at the minute. I'm going to tell you my favourite of yours recently, which is Flowers. So talk me through. Oh, thank you. Talk me through how you made that, please. My favourite tune. I'd say it's definitely my favourite tune uh, off that EP. We've been playing Flowers for like, I'd say a a year and a half now at live shows. And I've just wanted, we recorded a demo of it about, yeah, again, a year and a half ago. And I never really liked it. So it was nice to finally get a version of Flowers that I really was happy with and put it out to the world. Yeah, it's it sounds so. I mean, the whole EP is brilliant, but that song particularly, just uh, yeah, I just adore it. So I want to find out you. how you made that song then. So right from the initial idea to being like, right, this song is finished. So the initial idea for that song started with the riff. I made that little. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, like I was really into a band called Bay Brainbow at the time, who is sort of like very influenced by 60 sort of psychedelia folks songwriting mm-hmm. um so that little riff i made that and i was like oh yeah that sounds like it'd be banging and yeah then the, the song just developed from there i came up with the chords and then lyrics came next but the song is like evolved from the original demo like in the original demo the end of the chorus is just like can you feel it in your toes and then that's it and then as we played it live, I would always shout that bit and like whack a delay and be like, can you feel it in your toes? And like shout it. So like that, that that's made it into the studio version. Um, but yeah, it's just the classic process of, of having a melody first and then writing out the lyrics from there. So when is a song finished for you? Are you like a total perfectionist where like you have to go through loads of different versions or do sometimes the lyrics almost just pour out of you and you just know? This is this is the finished thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, my I'm I'm very very picky with things like that. I'm I'm quite a perfectionist. I, yeah, my label will tell you. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's why the last the last EP was called Oversunk. Is that? Oh, I, really? I, I spent I spent three months recording that. Yeah, typically, an EP will take me like like a week or two obviously i'll demo it out all before now but yeah. that'll take a while but it would actually take a week or two to record but over two months to record because i want to say we re-recorded each song probably about three times wow um, yeah because i just didn't like the way it sounded or just wasn't happy with it uh so yeah i, I definitely take it takes quite a few times to get it right 
But there are songs where it just it just comes out of heaven and it just drops down yeah. right in front of you and everything just comes together perfectly and you're like, okay, well, that was easy. What to you then is like the perfect song in music history? You can pick anything. Oh. The big question, Oscar, come on. Uh, I, uh, I think it'll probably, I think I've just got to say Bohemian Rhapsody. Because it's just sure. so, it, it just transcends all times. Everybody knows it. Like, if if you think about it as a song, you've never heard it before. I guess it's a little bit over overdone now because people have heard it so many times. But if you, if you imagine hearing it for the first time as a song, it's, it's extremely intelligent mm. and interesting and has so much going on in it. But I'd say personal favourite is, Oh, what's it called? What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers is one of my favourite songs ever. Uh, my dad used to play it all the time during my childhood. He had a little guilty pleasure TV he put on on the way to uh, on the way to school, and yeah, it's just ingrained in my mind, and I love that tune. Oh, that's really cool. So, what's what's next for you this year? Then, obviously, we're in a little bit of a weird time, but you've got more music coming soon. You know, the thing is, the next stuff that's coming out is that uh, we're really excited to play it live especially on the headline tour. We were so excited to play it all. Mm. Uh, but now I don't know when that's happening, but the music will be out soon. But yeah, lots of new music this year. Okay, well, at least people have got music to enjoy and blast out in, in lockdown. That's good stuff. Okay. Oscar, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. We will get back to you later on to hear a live performance. First, though, we're going to chat to someone who's had a lot of experience in writing and producing songs for artists such as Lewis Capaldi, Griffin, LP and Bipolar Sunshine. James is on the line right now. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. Now, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast because you are someone whose work I've admired for a little while and I want to find out more about you, first of all. So how did you, you know, first get into the music business? Um, playing in bands, basically. I wanted to be a guitarist. So um, so I just started playing in bands and the bands did quite well. And uh, but, but, you know, never signed or anything like that. And then I just, uh, as soon as I stepped foot into a recording studio and saw all the flashing lights and buttons you could press, so I basically <laughs> just, I thought th- th- this is exactly where I wanted to be. So I just learned and learned and learned and offered to work, you know, for pittance or free and just yeah. to kind of make a name for myself. And then I found a load of bands that I really loved and artists and I started recording them and, uh, and to just kind of, developing them basically I, I didn't even realize at the time that that's what it was called um so um i was just working with them as far as i was concerned and and that got you know in uh, those artists went and got uh, signed and and then basically i was signed to sony shortly after and yeah and just it was a, it was a long route so when these acts come into your studio what's the atmosphere like what would you say is kind of like the perfect studio environment Oh, I, I don't know actually. Um, uh, I think um, I, I, I think the, the, the best studio environment is just uh, one of listening to each other. Um, you know, it's um, mm. it, I hear from a lot of artists that they that they go into sessions and and people just assume that they can't write, or they um, or or you know, or they're young, so they, their opinion isn't valid. 
Um, so I think just whatever the environment is, 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 as long as everyone has mutual respect for each other, then, then you, you know, and, and, and is a human being to each other first, you know, mm. um, then once you get to know each other, the song just tends to fall out, really, you yeah. know. So where do you start then when you're writing with somebody from scratch? Is it a theme? Do you start with like a guitar riff, a melody, or does it change from person to person? Well, I mean, always you hear their music before before they come in. So I try to kind of get into what they're trying to do and and work with them to to help them. And and in terms of instruments, uh, that's an interesting question actually because uh, I I think writer's block actually comes from people being too hard on themselves and expecting to pick up the same instrument in the same room every day and be inspired. Yeah. And um, and I think the way around it is basically if you pick up a guitar and it's not working, jump on a piano. If that's not working, put a drum beat. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like you just write to anything until you spark something that you love. And, and then that's, you know, as soon as you get excited about something, chances are someone else will get excited about it too. Now, obviously, you have so many amazing credits to your name. Are there any particular songs that you're just so proud of and, you know, always tell people that you worked on? Oh, um, uh, like, uh, I mean, Bruises I'm very proud of. Like, uh, but m- more so because it, it was really personal. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't um, nail down one, to be honest. You're right, though. I guess Bruises for Lewis Capaldi really did take him to the next level. So that must be, you know, quite satisfying to develop an artist quite early on and then just see them become this kind of world-renowned artist. It was, it was very... Um, it, he was just really nice. Like he basically split up with his um, girlfriend. I'd um, I'd split up with mine. We were both a couple of um, miserable, <laughs> miserable boys <laughs> in a room together, just kind oh. of going, yeah. But but it was it was real and it was honest. Yeah. So it, it's it's something that you know means a lot to me. So the million dollar question: How long does it take to make a song, to write a song? Well, th- th- this is where I think it's important to. Uh, debunk myths uh, yeah. like um, uh, everyone says if you if you write a song in 15 minutes it's it's always the best song in the world and it's it's that's just not the case mm. you, you know there's um there's been times where like i've known with an artist that like i've really loved um uh, there's one actually called winnie raider um mm. and we spent uh four days writing a song and and she was like, "Can we do that?" And I'm like, "Yes, we can. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can. know, <laughs> we really can. You know." And it's because we were chatting most of the time. So so I, I was like, "Well, let's just put more time in and just give ourselves some some room to breathe." Yeah. And um and and when we did that, it, it just it you know like uh it, it got her signed actually like um in her words. So um so it, I I, th- I think. A song is finished when you're happy with it, and I think yeah. that's the kind of healthiest way to look at it, rather than all these notions of of what it should or shouldn't be, you know. And I guess the same with production as well. It's not as if you know you just need half a day on it, or you need a day. It's whenever you feel like you've taken it to the very best it can be. Absolutely, yeah. It's lovely when it happens really quick, but sometimes you do have to kind of fight for something, and 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 I believe that. If, if if you're happy, if you're like genuinely happy, you're like, because the only thing people know in life is, is what they do like and what they don't like. Yeah. If, if you can say, like, I want to show my mates that I'm, I'm proud, 
then uh, then that's the best foundation to to put a song out to the world. Whereas mm. I think if you're kind of guessing or trying to please other people, it can be a dangerous path because it's it's kind of like building on sand, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this podcast episode is all about the perfect song. Do you think there exists like a certain formula or structure that makes you know the perfect quintessential pop song? No, I don't. I think there is no perfect song because there will be, always be someone who doesn't like it and there will always be people who hopefully love it. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I think it's more, much more healthy for, for artists and you know, writers to, to just kind of make their own what's perfect to them and mm-hmm. kind of hope uh, or trust that, that if they really, really feel that strong about it, the chances are that others will as well. Perfect examples are, are say, like Lana Del Rey um, video games. Yeah. All the labels would say, oh, you know, that's not a hit. In fact, I think they did. Um, and, <laughs> they um, and yeah, and it's like so- sometimes you don't, you don't, it doesn't need to be hook, 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 hook. It's like, in fact, I, I actually hate that word. It can just be an incredible piece of music, you know, like just, just do what, what the art, what suits the artist as well. Yeah. You know, if, if an artist, can't can't sing a melody um, uh, because it's it's out of their range. Then you haven't written well for the instrument, you know, because vocals are an instrument. So so I think it's about again being present, being in the room, and treating everything like a case by case basis. I think formulas are a very 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 dangerous thing um, because when you try to apply them to everything, obviously you'll find out that you can't apply anything to everything. So so. Be present, be in the room and and just be proud of what you do, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a really nice way to put it. I think if it becomes about, you know, formulas and algorithm and song lengths and things like that, it's just that's making making music a science rather than an art, isn't it? Well, exactly, exactly. And, you know, you have all those AI computers that... Um, that can analyze, uh, they're done it, you know, most number one hits were done in major key and stuff like that. But to be honest, I, 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 I pay them like no attention whatsoever because you do have the Lana Del Rey's, you do have um, the unobvious songs that for yeah. some reason just connect. And, and it's normally just because people have just been themselves to, to the nth degree, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that honesty always, always shines through, doesn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's uh, to to each their own, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Um, James, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing to learn more about you on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Lovely to talk to you as well. Okay, then, let's end this episode with a performance from Oscar Lang. to
Lang there absolutely smashing his live performance. We've come to the end of the podcast series Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. I really hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast and that you've discovered some new music by your new favourite artist, or that you've learned a thing or two about what it takes to make it in the music industry. I'd like to finish by saying a huge thank you to all the artists, guests, and production team involved in making this podcast happen. Thanks, everybody. 